I love you. I love you so much. I could never say that enough. And yes, I do think it is possible to say true things too many times. You know how constant repetition of a word can make a word no longer sound like a word? Why would that be limited to single words? After all, it's a failure of the human mind at the root of that phenomenon. A synapse or two doesn't fire like it should, having been drained of all its energy from all the previous demands placed upon it. That could happen with sentences or facts. Then again, that's only what I think is happening. I don't know much about the brain or neurology or anything like that. I'm just trying to make sense of something, trying to make sense of this tendency of our minds that could very well twist my words or pull my heart out of the place where I want it to rest, and I don't want that to happen. I want to be clear and understood and heard because of what I'm trying to say to you. Because I love you. I love you so much, and I... I really don't want you to forget that. Which might be selfish of me, I guess, because living with knowledge like that can be hard to do. I know. I do it all the time. I live in the company of a hundred phantoms, and while it isn't all that unbearable, it never gets easier to do. And I want your life to be easy and happy and peaceful. I want you to have all the things we were never able to build together. I want you to have everything that is good, everything that might make you happy. And I've said that before, haven't I? A few weeks ago, after the last message I recorded for you, you listened came into the room right after, and did just what I asked you to do. You opened up a conversation that we really needed to have, and that was my bit, that was what I said to you. Then it was your turn. I shouldn't have called you broken, you said. I should not have made it seem like you were the worst case scenario, some undesirable thing, or that you were hard to live with. Or maybe you said, be with. I don't fully remember. I didn't mean to forget. I earnestly tried to commit every last word you said to memory. And I promise I was sitting there with you in the moment, trying to engage with you and participate in what earnestly felt like a deciding moment in our relationship. That's probably what it was, right? I can't think of what else to call it. We were on the brink of something, and there was no going back. There was no rewriting the previous moments. No erasing the words that you yelled at me in your own fear, frustration, and the like. Some people would be able to forget them, sure. Or that's what I wish I could do. Forget whether or not I should. You can't deny that it would make things so much easier if I did. Because you didn't mean it. 
I know you didn't mean it. But that doesn't mean none of it was true. We've been living with something for so long. Living in the shadow of our dysfunctions and of the truth that we did not want to recognize. We were living in a fantasy. A beautiful, beautiful fantasy. Or a dream, perhaps. I called it that, too. And should I have clarified what I meant by that? Maybe. I didn't mean a fanciful imagination to occupy your waking hours or provide some sort of direction to your endeavors. I meant the world that your mind conjures up when you're asleep. The world you have to, eventually, leave. Eventually, you have to wake up, whether it's because there's something you need to get done during the day, or because your body cannot stay at rest forever. There are limits to that function. There are limits to all things. The human experience is both a collection of limitations and our attempts to navigate said limitations. It's like a game, frankly. And I think we were good at that game. I think you are a better player at it than I ever could be, just as you are better than me at so many other things. But I wonder how much any of that really means. On one hand, it means that what we have is real, undoubtedly. Or there's no reason to doubt it. It's real and beautiful and something we held in our hands, but it could never last forever, could it? Those things that are delicately carved by human hands cannot endure forever. We cannot muster a forever, no matter how much we promise that we can or will. And sure, it says a lot that we want to, not the least of which being that we are slightly out of touch with reality. And that isn't a bad thing, per se, especially in the moment. It just means that the waking up is hard, but I think we already expected that. I should tell you that that night, a few weeks ago, you said everything right. I should probably tell you that you covered every base you could and answered all of my questions. I should tell you that you were earnest and genuine and kind and so much more. You've always been everything you needed to be. You've always been enough. And people who don't tell you that are horribly intimidated by you and your amazingness. You were enough right then. But in that moment, neither of us could answer, or even think to answer, why it had all happened. Why you had even lashed out at me the way you did. And it's not that you didn't try to explain that part. You said you were just emotional, hurt, and lashing out like an animal, cornered and scared, a small creature that thinks it's about to fight for its very life. So while you knew it was me there in front of you, trying but failing to console you, you also, on some subconscious level, did not. 
and I think you were right about that. But there was a part that we didn't talk about. The threat, the thing that cornered you, it never left us. How could it? It made itself at home in the small paradise we had carved out for ourselves. So it towered over us and became just another thing we lived with but dare not acknowledge. Except it was bigger and clumsier than everything that had come before. So there was no way to escape it. It was constantly underfoot, and we were constantly bumping into it. And I still felt it. Even as we reconciled, even as I pulled you close and felt you press your body against mine, it was still there. It being the lingering knowledge that all things made by human hands will fall apart eventually. Lives will end and they will take love with them, but even before then there's a chance we may lose it. And on one hand, we should not let that bother us. There's no need to get existential daily. Something something, life is beautiful because of or in spite of its fleeting nature. But that isn't what I'm talking about. Or it wasn't meant to be a value judgment. But there's a question about that ending. What comes after? It's something to contend with, though, isn't it? And the details matter, of course. They matter quite a bit. Because I started thinking, and then I couldn't stop, about you and what I have done to you. You've always been a fighter. And that's neither good or bad, frankly. It all depends on how you look at it. So I used to focus on your fight for me, on this fight for us, on this resiliency you have despite being in a relationship with... Well, I never liked calling myself a medium. So let's go with Oracle. It was never easy to be in a relationship with an oracle. You had to fight. And while you were good at that fighting, it came with a price, didn't it? So maybe you were right. Maybe the struggles we go through do change us. I mean, they'd have to in some capacity, right? We are not static creatures left to rest in place. We are constantly learning and believing and pursuing and hoping and so many other verbs. We are creatures in action. We are growing, for better or worse. We are adapting, for better or worse. And I think I made you worse. And that's the part I can't stop thinking about. I know I made you more secretive. You did not used to keep so many secrets from your family, but now so much of your life is swept out of sight. Or for most of them, that's true. But even the sibling who knew about me hardly knew the truth. You lie sometimes, almost constantly, and justify it however you need to. You fall into worry and anxiety. You panic. And while you have not lashed out yet, or more than once, frankly, it seems inevitable, doesn't it? Maybe you do it more often than I know of, and I've just convinced myself that you haven't. I mean, your temper seems shorter than it has ever been. And I know I'm the reason for it. 
I bring out the worst in you, don't I? And maybe that worst is not objectively too bad, but I don't want that for you. I love you, for you. I want you to be you. To be out in the world, happy, and the blessing I always knew you to be. I don't want to be the thing that destroys you. And that seems like the way this will end. So what's there to be done about that? I know you won't like my choice, but what other choice did I have? I'm sorry. And it's probably appropriate to say that this time. I love you, and I'm sorry. The rent's paid for the next year or so, so you'll have time to figure out what to do next. The key's on the counter. I asked the neighbor to lock the door when I left. I don't know what lie I told her to get her to lock up after me. Um, I really wish I could remember that seems so relevant. I don't know how to end this. I... Maybe this is just the coward's way out to leave while you're in class, but I didn't know what else to do. I know where I'm going, and I'll be okay. Um, I, I left some phone numbers on the fridge, if you really don't believe me. But I'll be okay, I promise. Just be happy, please. I want to live in a world that knows your joy. I couldn't bear to live in one without it. The Oracle of Dusk is a production of Miscellany Media Studios with music licensed from the Sounds Like an Airful music supply. It was written, edited, produced, and performed by MJ Bailey, and if you like the show, tell your friends about it. Or the quasi-friends that are still on your social media feeds because social norms evolved before words did. Am I right?